Hey guys, welcome to The Brew. If you're new here, I'm Leslie, and I'm so glad you're listening today. I'm on my own, so I thought I'd do a special episode on marriage. Uh, we had a really bad day the other day, and I don't know if y'all have ever had the fleeting thought of just, you know, locking your spouse in your trunk and dropping them off like 10 miles away and making them walk home. But uh, that was me the other day. Anybody ever have that idea? Did I just give it to you? Anyway, so everything I go over today, just know that we struggle with these things sometimes too. And I can put out there that we're perfect and, and unflawed, but the fact is we are very far from it. We have normal everyday issues just like everybody else, but we try really hard to work on any of our issues when they arise. Now, it might take a day or two, sometimes longer. But eventually we do talk about it and we do try to empathize with each other. And sometimes we just have to agree to disagree. Just leave it there. Anyway, so as a married couple, after a while, especially with kids, you develop a routine. You know, sometimes in that routine, we become very complacent and we unintentionally lose appreciation for what one another brings to the marriage and the family unit. And it's not that we wake up one day and suddenly we don't appreciate the other one. It's just that with Tom, we come to expect that just things are going to be done. This one is going to make the money. That one is going to wash the dishes. This one is the go-to parent, the default parent. And that one is the one who's always going to mow the yard. But marriage is two people who have to constantly work together and show a united front in order to keep things running smoothly. And it's nice once in a while to show your person that you appreciate them, that they're not forgotten, that the things that they do are appreciated. You can tell them. It's a wonderful thing to hear, actually. And, you know, it's the proverbial pat on the back that we all enjoy getting. So my number one thing for marital success is to show appreciation. I'm a stay-at-home, work-from-home mom. I get very little adult interaction. I work harder. I swear I do. I work harder being home and stay more stressed than I ever, ever was owning a cleaning and remodeling company. It It was just so much easier to get up and go to work. Now, when my husband knows I've had a bad day or I've been overly stressed that day, he will do something that is so small but means so much. He'll bring me home wine or chocolate or something sweet. And it's a small gesture. It's not that big a deal. But it lets me know that he thought of me. He thought of my day. And he wanted to bring me some small sense of joy that that night. Or he'll come home and say, honey, I got the, the hot tub cover off and it's ready. Towels are outside. Here's a glass of wine. You want to join me. But then there are times when he forgets and he spews total diarrhea of the mouth and we don't speak for days. And and this is, that's what happened the other day. I show my appreciation of him, you know, working so hard and making the money to take care of our family by making sure that he comes home to a hot meal every day. You know, his plate is always ready for him. It doesn't seem like a lot, I know, but it means a lot to him. And sometimes we all feel undervalued for what we contribute to the marriage. 
you have to talk that out with each other or else your partner's never going to know. As much as we would like them to read our minds, they just don't have that ability. The second thing I feel is important is honesty and communication. Going back to what I just said, they can't read your mind. Be honest, be open, and communicate your needs and your issues. I'm sure most of y'all have heard of the love language, right? Came out a few years ago. Well, figure out what your love language is. Communicate communicate that to your partner and vice versa. So mine is acts of service. That stems, I think, from my past traumas and abandonment issues. You know, words don't mean a lot to me. I need someone to show. And, and usually it's just basic things. Working on the house with me, picking me flowers, doing the dishes, taking the kids out to give me some time to myself. It's just like the little, simplest, tiniest thing. For him, his love language is touch. So holding hands, kissing, hugging, you know, rubbing his arm, that's what he needs. And we understand that that is each other's love language. The next thing I think is quality time. And we are so guilty of this. You know, when you have kids, quality time tends to get pushed back, you know, to the back of everything else. Our kids, they don't like sleep and that makes it harder for us because we can't find any time to be alone. Our son sleeps with us every night, so we don't get to cuddle, you know, but even before, even before he started that phase, we didn't cuddle because I get very hot very easily. So we might have for like a few minutes when we got into bed, but then it was like, okay, I'm rolling to my side. You go to your side. I'm hot. Give me space. And then you got a ton of blankets and pillows everywhere and in between. And he's at at work with, you know, all day. And I'm home with the kids all day. And going back to the routine thing, we get very complacent. And we don't make the effort to carve out time for just us. So that's important. You know, we get in the hot tub several times a week. And that's now our time with no kids where we can relax and talk or even just stay quiet if that's what the day calls for. That's a little bit of time and it helps a lot. Mutual respect is high on the list too because if you can't respect the person that you're with, then why are you with them? You know, daddy used to tell me um, when I was getting married the first time, I, I I went to my dad and I said, hey, hey, daddy, I'm getting married. And and he said, well, that's great, Les. Does he love you? And I said, well, yeah, I think so. He said he does. And he said, but does he adore you? And I said, well, daddy, isn't that the same thing? And he said, no, honey. No, it's not. And, and I'm going to tell you, I didn't realize this until I was around 40, that he is absolutely right. Um, you really do have to adore the person that you're with. Patience is a big one too. And for me, it's that's a really hard one considering I have zero. I have gotten better as I get older, but still it's pretty close to none. I'm I'm still working on on this personally. And so is my husband because we're both the same in that respect. But at least we're trying, right? Uh, keeping a united front when you have kids. 
Now, this really could make or break a marriage. Uh, when one is the disciplinarian and the other is the fun one and the two collide, it can really be a bad thing for a marriage. You know, you have kids who end up seeing this, this division and they learn how to manipulate it and use one parent against the other. I had a preacher tell me this one a long time ago, and it, it does seem silly, I'm going to tell you, but it really does work. Before he became a preacher, he wasn't a very good husband. He would dismiss his wife and her feelings. And once he was saved and he read the Bible more, and as he got closer to God, he said he just felt horrible about the way he had treated his wife all those years before. So whenever they had a problem, they started to sit down with each other and hold hands. They would talk about what the problem was, but if it got to a point where they could no longer hold hands, they would stop talking. And they would go their separate ways. They would do something for a little while, and then they would come back and try again later once they had time to think about it and calm down. Then they would repeat the process. When he told me that, I thought, that's too simple. It, it would never work. But it truly does nine times out of ten. Which brings me to my next one. Try to never argue in front of your kids. Kids do not need to hear grown adult parental conversations. And I am so guilty of this one myself, especially with my first three. Now, because of that, my middle out of those three cannot deal well with arguments or confrontation. And it's mine and her daddy's fault. My son, who's three, he gets so upset to see mommy cry. I mean, this kid will cry with me and wipe away my tears and then ask me if my heart is broken. And then he'll try to kiss my heart to make it better. So arguing in front of the kids does have a very negative impact on them. And I wish so much. I could take all those years back and do them over. And the last thing I want to discuss today on this topic is compromise. Again, I have been so guilty of not doing well in this department. For so many years, I went through some pretty serious emotional and physical abuse. And I was so subservient to that man. That he, I was a joke. I was his joke. He would make fun of my loyalty and my love for him to his friends. I mean, I was the running joke. I had people ask me why I was with him because I was so sweet and he was the devil. And I always said, well, y'all just don't know him like I do. I made excuses for the way he treated me. And after that was over, and I was single for a very long time, I became so settled into my life that when my now husband came along, I, I vowed to myself I would never give in to any other man. I was going to do what I wanted to do, when I wanted to do it, how I wanted to do it, and that was that. Marriage doesn't work that way. Your way and his way can be different, and that's okay. Your likes and his likes can be different. but. There is a middle ground if you look for it and discuss, you know, his side and your side. And there's a way to find, a, there is a way to find happiness for both. 
they say happy wife, happy life. And that's cute. I've used it a few times. But the the reality is that you both need happiness. It's not one over the other or one more so than the other. You both really need happiness. Uh, I hope something I've said today helps you in some small way. I do have a new segment I've really, really, really wanted to do, but I have been so worried about doing it. I talked with a, a new friend and he told me that I should go for it because people need a fresh perspective on this. So I am going to do my best not to piss you off. So this new segment is called Your News My Way. I have a lot of passions. I tend to be a very passionate person no matter what I'm doing. If it's working on the house, if it's politics, if it's kids, if it's anything, I'm very passionate about anything I do. And I know, I know politics is a very controversial, uh, controversial topic these days. And some will like me, some will hate me, but I'm just all about the truth and getting the truth out there. So this is a recap of what's been going on from last week to today, just in case you don't have time or haven't had time to keep up. I watch Newsmax all day, every day. It is typically my background noise throughout the day. I have tried to watch CNN, MSNBC, Fox, because uh, I just really wanted a different, you know, viewpoint. Um, you know, from all sides. And what I've seen from them, in my own opinion, is that they are so one-sided, it's ridiculous. Newsmax gets different points of view from all sides of the aisle. And I really appreciate that. They don't push a one-sided agenda on you. They're also a very small, they're a lot smaller, you know, outlet, so they aren't bought and paid for yet. Yet. Um, the best part of it is you don't need a cable subscription. You can listen on any smart device for free or download the app right to your smart TV. And no, they are not affiliated with us in any way, <laughs> nor have they paid me to advertise for them. I just really, really like this outlet and I trust their news. However, Newsmax, if you're listening, I wouldn't turn down a sponsorship. So let's get to it. So Trump was in court again this week. Today is day four. And this time he is being sued over property properties they're saying he overvalued and undervalued now as far as real estate goes um the tax assessment and the sell value are usually very different numbers and one is usually pretty a lot lower than the other one so if you own a property and the tax assessment values your home at let's just say 200,000 but the real estate market values your home to sell at 289. Well, I don't care who you are. If you're the seller, you're going to go for that higher number. That's how real estate works. Trump does not own mediocre, mediocre properties. The way the market is now, everything is really twice its true value, which is why it's a seller's market and everyone is selling off. I've looked myself at selling my home and buying in Tennessee. And homes that sold for, you know, three fifty a few years ago are going for like six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars now. I, I've never seen one man be so railroaded like this man has been. There's a two-tier justice system going on here, and it's completely un-American. 
You have a sitting president being investigated for corruption in which there is an unbelievable amount of proof, but he is being protected at all costs. And you have a former president who is being attacked from every single angle with indictments and lawsuits and all because he is pulling well. And all of this happening right before an election year. Back in my day, I mean, they did a little mudslinging, but it was not, it was nothing like this. What a terrible precedent this whole fiasco is setting for any future precedent. You know, if somebody doesn't like you, well, you know, let's just do what we got to do, dirty or not, to get rid of you. Oh, and they're not only, it's not only that, they're, they're not only trying to disgrace his name and life's work, but also trying to take him out by any means necessary, ruin him forever, not only in politics, but in his life's work. New York has never had a problem with Trump's business dealings until he was president. Then all of a sudden, because they didn't like his politics, they, they attacked his entire life. If you watched Trump's sit down with Tucker Carson, Tucker asked a very important uh, question that really does make me wonder, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, you know, if these indictments don't work, if they can't convict him, what's next? Do they have to kill him? It's getting to that point where you sadly do have to sit back and wonder. Trump says this is the greatest witch hunt, witch hunt of all time, a disgrace to which I say in my own opinion, he's probably right on that. And then let me throw this out there as well. The liberal government is trying to invoke another panic. So be prepared for another possible shutdown right around election time. Imagine that. They want you to send in those mail-in ballots. So do yourself a favor. If you want your vote to count, not that it couldn't disappear anyway, but if you want your vote to have a better chance of counting, go vote in person if you can. I mean, melon ballots have a very mysterious way of disappearing. And I'm saying this because I, like a lot of us, saw that very real, real footage of postal workers who were dumping them by the bagfuls into the dumpsters. Now, if your issue with Trump, and I'm not pushing any side, okay? Um, I do lean conservative, but if your issue with Trump is that he mean tweeted, or you just don't like how he talks, and yes, sometimes he overspeaks, but if your issue is solely that you obviously did not pay attention to what he did that actually helped us and helped our economy. Trump stated to reporters and viewers today that the prosecutor, or yesterday rather, that the prosecutor in his civil trial is grossly incompetent. And he even called out the biased judge overseeing the trial. Now the attorney, the, the attorney general, ran her position on the sole purpose of getting Trump, who she called an illegitimate president. These were her words. And, um, you can see them all over the place. There's videos all over the place. And in fact, today, um, another video came out of the judge in this case who is very biased about Trump. He's already made his mind up. 
And in my opinion, as a judge, you're supposed to be unbiased. That's literally your job to be fair and just. So with him already having a bias against Trump, I really, I, I don't know how he's going to win it. But we're on day four now of the civil suit. And yesterday, the judge issued a gag order. So we'll see what what comes out the rest of this week. Now, Matt Gates filed a motion to oust House Speaker McCarthy, which he succeeded in doing. Um, and I have to say, anytime you have AOC backing you up, not only is she completely and utterly ignorant, she had, oh, so I have to wonder if Matt Gates made a deal with the devil on that one. Um, the question is, will the Republicans make the same deal? And most of the Republicans didn't, but eight of them did. There were indeed enough votes with all Democrats siding with Gates. 100% of Democrats voted McCarthy out. Big surprise. And it, is, it has yet to be determined who will take his place as Speaker of the House. Personally, I have to stand with Jim Jordan on this one. I have always liked Matt Gates, so I'm very disappointed in his, for lack of a better word, temper tantrum. Um, there are a few in office that I do respect, but Jim Jordan is very passionate, very honest for a politician, and I trust him. So I'm hoping he will replace McCarthy. I know he's one of a few on the list. And he has a solid backbone, which we seriously need. I don't know if y'all heard about this or not, but there's two things that happened in New York City that makes me so glad I do not live there. So the first thing was a clerk at a convenience store was attacked. Uh, it was like a four by four space. A man came in. He was trying to rob him. And this man was just, this criminal, he was just pummeling this old man. And there's video. If you haven't seen it, you, you really should see it. It's so sad. Um, but the old man, he was fearing for his life. You know, this, this younger guy, this bigger guy, he was just beating the crap out of him. And so he grabs whatever he can, and he stabs the criminal multiple times, right? So New York City... <laughs> arrest the old man who was being attacked and put him in Rikers Island. Now, I don't know if you know what Rikers Island is, but that is one of the most dangerous, most violent prisons um, in our country. This old man was being brutally attacked and was trying to save his own life. And New York City says, well... We're not a stand-your-ground state, and you have no right to stab somebody who was attacking you. I mean, are you kidding me? Now, I think he's since been released. I'm not sure if there's going to be another trial or if they overturned it yet or what. Thankfully, he is no longer in Rikers Island, but damn. The other thing in New York City, and it just... These two things blew my mind. But the other thing that, that happened is they are removing the Christopher Columbus statue because they say it supports genocide. I really, I don't know where people learn their history. I am so confused. Who teaches you your history? Christopher Columbus 
did not commit genocide. Now, the Trail of Tears and the murder of thousands of Indians happened hundreds of years after Columbus sailed the ocean blue. So currently, like modern day, we are being held accountable for things that happened hundreds of years ago to which there are zero people alive who actually suffered but are receiving reparations in some places because their distant ancestors suffered. Again, had nothing to do with them. They didn't even know their ancestors. And now Columbus, or rather his statue and his history, are being held accountable for something that he never could have foreseen. Things that happened hundreds of years after him. We're supposed to get smarter with each generation. You know, we should be learning from the past in our history, but instead each generation gets more ignorant than the last. And I believe this really started to go uh, haywire with the Obama administration. You can say what you want, but that's where I feel it really started to escalate. I mean, there's always been extremists, but the freaks no longer just come out at night. I do worry how weak we look to other countries that are not our friends, countries that are looking for ways to attack us. If you don't care about politics, that's fine. But be wary of what's to come because politics, whatever is going on in government, it does affect us all, whether you pay attention to it or not. Well, let's let's look back at the, the looting in Philadelphia. Again, with AOC, this woman... I don't know. She, how did she get her position? I, I'm so confused on how she got her position. Anyway, she says, well, these people who are looting, they were just trying to steal bread to feed their families. Bread? So in California, you had a lot of big stores shut down and move out. Like, they're gone. And now Target is shutting down nine stores across the country. Due to the looting, I don't shop Target because of the men and the women's restroom thing. I just, I have daughters. I can't condone this. And um, I just can't be okay with a man being in the bathroom with my daughters. But then you have Lululemon, the liquor stores. And AOC is condoning this behavior. How is any kind of theft justified? Like you, your job is literally to be a lawmaker. And you are justifying people who are breaking the law. As far as I know, there's been like 52 adult arrests in Philadelphia. I don't know if there's been more since. I hope there's more to come. And, you know, the stores being looted, they're not selling food. To feed these criminals' families, like AOC says, I mean, you're not going to find bread at the liquor store or the clothing store. You're not going to find bread at Lululemon. What the hell? I'm so disappointed in our country, our lawmakers, our people, truly. We have millions of illegal immigrants coming into our country. These sanctuary cities who allowed these people to come in with open arms are now complaining about the overflow of illegals and the crime rate that comes with that. You cannot beg to be a sanctuary city 
and then complain that you're a sanctuary city. It's not how that works. Gas prices are at an all-time high, and they're high here in Virginia, but over in California, uh, they're as high as $7 a gallon in some places. I think they're averaging about $6.49 a gallon across the state. Our, our economy is in trouble, and it's not so subtly crumbling. This first impeachment inquiry hearing happened last week, and as much as I want Biden gone, and I, as much as I feel he is extremely corrupt, extremely ignorant, if we rid ourselves of Biden, Kamala takes his place. Kamala, Kamala, whatever the hell her name is. I, half the time, she don't know how to say her name. But that, my friends, is a very scary reality. That woman, I think her and AOC run a tight game against each other. They're both exceptionally ignorant. Uh, Biden has now targeted, oh, I don't know if you heard about this. Biden has now targeted a family of asylum seekers. Now, before you get excited and think, oh, he's going to seal the border and deport some illegals. This family he has targeted has been here legally. For 15 years, they have contributed to the American economy. They fled Germany because they were facing persecution for homeschooling their seven kids. They check in with ICE every single year. So why has he set his sights on them? Nobody knows. They've gone through the process. They've gone through all of the legal channels. But every day we have people sneaking into this country who are criminals, who are pumping cartel drugs through our country, who are trafficking our children, who are committing heinous crimes. And Biden is focusing on a good family who are just trying to do things the legal way. My prayers go out for this family. I hope they are able to fight this and stay. You have nine million illegals that have come through our gates since. Biden took office. Nine million. Guess who's paying for that? We are. This is where our tax dollars are going. Since the Biden administration, something like 107,000 Americans have died from fentanyl overdose, which was made in China and smuggled through the border by mules and the cartel. And speaking of tax dollars, in some states, the income tax is as high as 42% between state and federal. 42%. Almost half of your hard-earned money is being taken away from you to support illegal immigration, to support those on welfare, and corrupt government officials. The American people are getting poorer and poorer while the government is steadily lining their pockets with your money and illegal dealings with Russia and China. They have turned a blind eye to the Russian spy balloons, the Chinese apps like TikTok that steal all of your information as soon as you download it, a pandemic that started in a Chinese lab and then was spread globally, and then also through the fentanyl epidemic. You've got Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, and who the hell knows who else with the, the Burisma whole scandal. None of them are getting what they deserve in that. 
Hunter Biden was in court the other day pleading not guilty to three gun charges. Mind you, he was ready to plead guilty to all charges until the judge denied him the cozy plea deal he was offered. You know, if that was me or you, we wouldn't even get a bond. If it was one of us that brought cocaine, cocaine into the White House, there would be no pass and go. Uh, done. It amazes me that some people have, that they feel like it. they're so above the law, while you have others who are being railroaded by false indictments and charges and automatically guilty without the legal and constitutional right to a trial first. Now, this hadn't been in the news, but it should be. Jeffrey Epstein. Nobody's heard about him in a while, right? Does it not concern anyone that his client list has never surfaced? You know somebody's got it. Somewhere. Where is it? Imagine the names on that list. Now, we already know of a few. And there's some pretty big people on that list. And I feel like that's why it hadn't been released. But when you have people running the country who happily visited Epstein's Island for the sole purpose of having sex with young girls who are trafficked, that's a pretty terrifying thought. How safe does that make our children? Mel Gibson has outed some big Hollywood names and has stated that in releasing that information, he fears for his own life. Now, I got a chance to speak with Mr. Mel Gibson briefly. And man, that's so exciting. I can't talk to Mel Gibson. But um, he wasn't able, I wasn't able to get him to commit to being on the show because I really wanted him to tell his story. He didn't say no. So I'm still hopeful. But, you know, these people need to be brought down so we are able to save a lot of children from these disgusting and vile monsters. And I'm going to tell you right now. That if you watch some of Mel Gibson's interviews, you know, it has been put out there that Oprah Winfrey is the ringleader of the sex trafficking ring in California. I don't know if that's true, but it does make you wonder, do you miss the America of your youth? We need to rebuild and fight and unite as a country to bring back a simpler and a safer time for our children. People need to be shown consequences, severe consequences for these criminal acts. Biden is now also going after MAGA Republicans. Last I checked, whatever party you represent or support, we are all Americans. And all Americans, should be represented by the government equally, no matter their political preference. That is literally their job. That is literally the job of all in government, to look after the American people. In other news, there has been another school shooting, this time at Morgan State University in Baltimore. Five were injured and unconfirmed fatal. This is insane. I don't understand with all these shootings over the years at schools why there hasn't been something put in place to prevent this from happening. This should not be happening. And I am going to leave the news there. Um, 
little fun fact. Do you drink coffee? Did you know that drinking coffee is patriotic? Back in the days of the Boston Tea Party, drinking coffee became an act of patriotism as Americans, pro Americans protested the excessive tax levied by King George III on their tea. The Continental Congress, as a result, made coffee the national drink. So there's your little fun fact for the day. Well, that's it for me today. A short little session. Um, I didn't have my brother with me, so I figured I would just get some things out there that I've been wanting to talk about. As always, you can follow me over on Facebook at Kessler Experience, and don't forget to follow our, our podcast on your favorite app to get the latest episodes. Oh, and now you can also subscribe to our podcast to hear our bonus episodes. How'd you feel about this one? If you're an at-home parent, I want to hear your story, your struggles, and your questions. Send me those at uh, themorningbrew at myyahoo.com or inbox them to me over on Facebook. Again, that's at Kessler Experience. If you want your comment or question to be played on the show, go over to Podcast for pod, uh, Spotify for podcasters, sorry, and hit the button to leave a voice note. We'll play them on air and we'll answer them or respond to them for you. Don't miss our normal normal weekly episode next week. And then Rachel's story will start airing tomorrow if you're following along to hear that. And my son just yelled at me from the other room to keep it down. So that's my cue. Take care, lovelies.